This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter, because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 7. WABC. And good evening. Good evening. Good Sunday evening. Dominic Carter here with you over the course of the next two hours. What that means is we have plenty of time to chat with each other, and I'm really looking forward to doing so with you with this uh, new format on a Sunday night. And a programming note, all this week, all this week, starting in the morning, I will be filling in for Brian Kilbead from 10 a.m. to noon. So if you don't get through tonight, uh, we've heard you folks about me being dayside and so on. This week, I will be filling in for Brian Kilbead all week long, 10 a.m. to noon. So how do you top this one, folks? I don't know if you can. In terms of on social media, Richard Krause uh, sent me a message on Facebook that he says that he listened to this program, the Dominic Carter Show, on the app while in Negril, Jamaica. How could you top that one? You can't. So, Richard, thank you for uh, listening to the program while you were in Jamaica. We hope you had a safe return and that everything is well for you. You knew this was coming, and I can't believe I'm stating it. Cry me a river. Migrants are complaining. They're complaining about the new 60-day policy for, if you will, able-bodied single men. Mayor Adams, Eric Adams, made the announcement on Wednesday of last week that a new city policy will boot single male migrants from shelters. You can reapply after 60 days of being in the system, but at the end of that 60 days, you've got to go. Go stay with family members, friends, anyone else, but you've got to go. And these are just some of the quotes. Throughout the course of the hour, I am going to share some of the quotes with you that migrants have made in some of the uh, published accounts. So, so here's one, quoting a migrant here. Most of us don't have work. I don't want to sleep on the street. How is that right? I'm here alone. I don't have a job right now. What if I don't get a job? And here at 60 days, where am I going to go? Where? Folks. 
I'm almost speechless. I'm almost speechless. You're not even supposed to be in the country. And after the taxpayers have been very generous to you, we're supposed to be concerned with your problem? I think not. I don't think so. Where you're supposed to go after 60 days? How about this? Figure it out. Figure it out. That's your problem. It's not the problem of the taxpayers. We have American, American homeless people that are not getting similar services and benefits. And you have the nerve to whine and complain? I don't think so. Not going to resonate, not going to connect. It is a waste of time for you to complain. It's going to fall on deaf ears. No one, frankly, cares about your complaints, except for those those in the uh, advocate community that uh, they, they feel that we, we should just lose everything to make sure that migrants are taken care of. Another story we're going to deal with this hour, and again, we're here until 1 a.m. this morning on this Sunday evening, some New York Republicans are doing the right thing. And anyone with common sense has to support this move. The move to ban public pot smoking over the odor. Have you folks noticed the odor? Almost anywhere you go. It's like the marijuana, marijuana (laughs) smokers have all the rights. The rest of us have none. Under current state law, New York pot smokers can light up wherever tobacco smoking is allowed. And, you know, since Albany legalized uh, recreational weed in 2021, things have been a bit different around the country and the tri-state area. But in our area, there is weed smell everywhere. And even Mayor Adams said a a, a few months ago, right, the number one thing I smell right now is pot. He made the the comment to reporters uh, last summer when he said it's like everybody's smoking a joint. I don't find it cute. I don't find it funny. You'll see. You'll see in the years ahead. The country has made a very, very bad decision. Congestion pricing. Congestion pricing. Also this area. I've seen some of the cameras uh, that have already been installed. Boy, are they rushing to get this one done. I wonder why. Staten Island is looking at joining New Jersey and their legal fight to block congestion pricing. Congestion pricing is going to be horrible in New York. Absolutely horrible. The only ones that will love it is the MTA. Ka-ching, show me the money. The rest of us are going to be stuck in traffic while they're taking more and more and more money out of our pockets. I want you to listen to this, the Cats Roundtable, with our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis. I want you to listen to what Governor Murphy, Murphy, Phil Murphy of New Jersey, had to say 
on this new lawsuit and congestion pricing. And I say bravo, New Jersey. With us today is Governor Murphy and of New Jersey, and he's also the chairman of the National Governors Association. And on Friday morning, there was a major lawsuit filed by New Jersey uh, against the Federal Highway Administration. Governor Murphy, can you talk to us about that? John, good to be on with you um, again. And, uh, yeah, so this brings me no joy because we have a very good relationship with the Biden administration, with Governor Hochul and her administration, both generally and personally. But the fact of the matter is that this congestion pricing scheme uh, is going to have enormous financial impact on New Jersey commuters and enormous environmental and negative environmental impact on many communities in our state. The Federal Highway Administration chose to ignore the option of doing what they call a full environmental impact study, uh, which admittedly takes a while, but frankly, it's in something like this with the most densely populated region of the United States. If if you're ever going to pursue that study, it's with a project like this. Uh, They chose not to pursue it. And the fact of the matter is, John, and you and I have talked about this, not only will Jersey commuters get gouged uh, as they try to find their way across the Hudson, but you're going to have a lot of traffic diverted, uh, especially up toward the George Washington Bridge. And I was in Fort Lee today. Uh, That's a good example of this, where you're going to have enormously negative environmental impacts. And so we are suing to to halt the uh, the current scheme and to and to get the feds to agree to do this environmental impact study. And that's Governor Phil Murphy with the owner operator uh, of WABC, John Katsimatidis. This is an absolute bad idea, a bad idea that all of us will pay dearly for. Let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. A number of topics on this Sunday evening, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. As I mentioned, Staten Island is looking at teaming up with New Jersey on this, and I want you to listen to the borough president, Vito Fasella. We don't have a subway system. See, here we are, a car-dependent county, a car-dependent community, that have been left out of every major decision the MTA has laid out over the last 50-plus years, and now we are forced to pay an additional toll. And he's right, talking to Mr. Katsimatidis. He is absolutely right with Vasella adding the following. You'd have to be a first-class idiot to support any plan that intentionally hurts your neighbors and your constituents, both from a financial and environmental perspective. And if anybody believes that the cost will remain at $23 or whatever it is, we have a bridge back there for sale if you want it. <laughs> the the borough president is correct. He's correct. I mean, come on, MTA. Come on, Governor Hochul. Find a, another way to pull in the money for, for the MTA in which the request never stop and 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 this is being done under the excuse of uh making traffic better it's going to make traffic a million times worse this is not london this is new york city it's not going to work not going to work let's begin with the telephone calls let's start this morning with tony in clifton new jersey actually this evening good evening to you tony what's on your mind 
Hello, Dominic. You know, I, I'm so glad that you're back. We missed you. So we feel better now. So oh, well, thank let me you. Tell you <laughs> let me tell you about congestion pricing. I do have to say two things. I'm very proud of Governor Murphy. He really put on the big boy pants, and I think that's great. It's really interesting how they're doing congestion pricing when Governor Hochul is spending or proposing $7 billion to overhaul Penn Station in New York City um, with or without offices and towers when the city is so hard-pressed for money. And so she's, you know, you know, it's like they're trying to get everybody to pay for things in New York City when people won't be, afford, be able to afford to come in. So... I think she's really, you know, in her own state of mind because that's ridiculous. That's $7 billion. And now they're trying to make that money off a commuter. And it's going to look like this little arcade and it's going to be nice and pretty with benches. That's a big chunk of change, Dominic. I think they really don't have their priorities in order. Well, I, I think most people would agree with would agree with you, uh, Tony. And then, you know, so if you live outside the city of New York, for example, so you're going to pay at one toll to come in, then you're going to get hit with congestion pricing. Then you're going to have to park your vehicle. That's going to be uh, 60 to $70, right? Uh, or, or, or you can risk uh, parking, and, 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 of course, on every street, there's like five different signs uh, contradicting each other, Tony, and it's been that way for a very long time. So, so you see a sign that it looks like that looks like it's legal for you to uh, to park, right? And then you come back and your car is gone, and then you've got to go deal to the to the pound and deal with someone at the pound with the worst attitude imaginable. They're shaking you down. For five hundred to a thousand dollars, or even more, and and they're smacking gum as they're talking to you, and they have the worst attitude that you can imagine, like they're doing you a favor as they're taking your money to pick up your towed car. And so then, after going through all of that, you're still going to go to a show, you're still going to go to dinner, and if you go to dinner, be careful where you sit at because a homeless person may do something to you or a mentally ill person. And so do you, what's that saying, penny wise, pound foolish? Do you really think people will come into Manhattan to to go to the restaurants and the nightlife under this ridiculous, ridiculous uh, policy? It's not going to happen. Kathy, also in New Jersey. Good morning, Kathy. What's on your mind? Good evening, Kathy. Uh, hi, 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 my friend, Dominic. You know, on that note, I don't go into the city like I used to all the time. And I, I, drove, I rode the subway from Bergen County. You know, I took public transportation. Forget about driving my car. I did that, too. But let me say this. I am scared. I don't see police. I am terrified. And that's not my nature. The other thing on the upside is there is great theater in Rockland County, in Antrim, it's called the Antrim Theater. Great plays. Milburn, Princeton, Bergen County has a great playhouse. This is going to be a boon for restaurants and and theater. And and that's sort of like my own, uh, I guess you would call it rose-colored glasses or green-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When <laughs> you, you say... See what I'm saying? 
saying it's going to be great for theater and concerts in the area. And I'm sad. I didn't know Staten Island. I just didn't know. Didn't have subways. And up in Boston area, there are subways from everywhere. But, you know, that's really something else. Right, right, right. And, and, and uh, Kathy, when you say it's going to be uh, good for restaurants, and you mean outside of New York City. You mean for theaters I mean, and theaters. restaurants outside of right, New York. Like, like there's already great theater in, like, Princeton, Bergen, uh, River Edge, New Jersey. In your area, it's a theater called Antrim, A-N-T-R-I-M. I believe great I've been place. there. I just don't remember. Yeah. I went to see uh, some type anyway. of uh, play on, on the Kennedy family, but I, I don't remember the exact name. But, well, but, but then, I hear you, And then Kathy. Milburn. So I just think it's going to be great for business and creativity, but it's very sad for New York. Yes. It's ridiculous. It, I, I agree, Kathy. I, I agree. And it, it's almost like it's almost like the state thinks that we're stupid and we can't figure out that this is nothing uh, more than a money grab while you're going to be stuck in traffic while they have their hands in your pocket yet, yet again. Bravo to New Jersey for challenging this based on the environmental study in court. I hope that the lawsuit is successful. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Good evening, Larry. What's on your mind? Okay, Dominic, I want to talk about the pot smoking in New York. Oh, see, I'm very against it, too, but I believe that they did this. They Albany set this up, and they tricked Cuomo into approving it because Cuomo doesn't know what's flying half the time. And he thought he'd be cool and, you know, go along with it. I think they're doing this to destroy neighborhoods, okay? Because I live, I live in Midwood, Brooklyn. That's always been one of the best neighborhoods in New York. Right now, we got, we got drug dealers sitting in front of, across the street from Edward R. Murrow High School, okay, waiting to sell pot to people. And the cops are not doing anything or they can't do anything, okay? The neighborhood is slowly going to go down the tubes. Okay, and they're just wait. If they're waiting for the kids to come back to school to do something, by the time that happens, they're going to be festered all over the place. Okay, and I'm telling you, there's a smoke shop across the street that was selling pot. I think they closed them down, but now they're referring customers to these street dealers, and the cops are not chasing them away. They're hanging out right on the corner across from the high school. So I think this is all planned to destroy good neighborhoods in New York City. Say what you want. I, that's what I believe. Okay, well, wait a minute, Larry, before you go. Why would elected yeah. officials intentionally want to destroy good neighborhoods? This is all This is all a plan to drive white people out of New York City. And so at, Curtis said the same thing, so that they could take to, to the victor belongs the spoils. You know what I'm saying? So they, they could just get everything the easy way. Come into our neighborhoods, destroy the neighborhood. The cops sit with their hands folded saying they can't do anything. They can't search them because now pot's legal. The cops are confused. They don't know what to do, okay? I don't even know if it's if it's legal to sell it. If it's, maybe it's legal to sell pot on the street now. I don't even know what the story is with that now. And I don't think anybody does. So I think they're using this deliberately because they're not doing anything. They're just letting the kids – they're letting these thugs sit on the corner and just ruin – a very good neighborhood, right across from a high school. Right. Well, I, I, I hear you, Larry. I, I don't agree with your assessment. I don't actually know what Curtis said, uh, so I'll have to ask him uh, that. But but I hear you. I mean, 
it's 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 just it's it's horrible. You walk down the street and there's the smell everywhere of of marijuana. And if we don't have enough dysfunction to begin with, and now it's out in the open for for everyone to uh, smell and 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 it's disgusting. It shouldn't be this way. You can you can have it legal but smoke it in, in private. That's that's what the law should state. Period. Maybe it does. I have to go back and look at it. We're also talking about the migrant situation. They're complaining. What's going to happen to me after 60 days? I I I cannot believe that this is honestly a, a, an issue. How about being thankful for what you already received and then in a merry way understanding that you're on your own? The the the, the free ride is over. It's done. If 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 you're a um if you're a uh, single male, single female migrant, you know, but but it's still not technically over because you can go reapply, and it's going to take some time. But perhaps perhaps this should have been the policy from day one, and then we wouldn't be in this position that we're in, because the message that's still being sent is that if you are a migrant family or a migrant woman with kids, you can come and enjoy the free ride. The free ride is still there for you. Michael in New Jersey, good evening. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, I'm going to solve the problem of the migrants having to find jobs. Uh, I'm an expert on the trucking industry. This is the way it works. Truck drivers do not, do not get paid by the hour. They get paid by the load or they get paid by the mileage. The only way a truck driver makes money is when his truck is moving. Now, they go to the piers, they pick up a container, which is very quick, or they go to the warehouse and they pick up the the merchandise and they drive it to their destination. Once they get to the destination, they die. They sit in the truck and they wait and wait and wait. And why do they wait? Because there is no one to unload the truck. They cannot get people to unload the truck. Nobody wants to do that work because, yeah, it's hard work. But if you're unskilled, uneducated, you can't read or write your own language, that's the kind of job you have to take. Now, they keep complaining that there's a shortage of truck drivers. There is a shortage of truck drivers because they give up being truck drivers and they drive buses. Why do they do that? Because when they're moving, they're making good money. When they stop moving, they're not making a penny. If they sit and wait for four hours, five hours to get their truck unloaded, that money never shows up. Okay, Michael, getting... Michael, Michael, I, I hear you. But how does now, that, so- Michael, that. wait a minute. How does that yeah. solve the problem that the migrants can't legally work? You're, you're talking all around what is the real issue, that they can't well, legally thing. work. They're saying that they, they want them to find jobs. They're, and they're complaining there are no jobs. No, I'm no, the issue with... the issue is that they cannot legally work. That's well, then what they, the issue is. If they're going to keep them here, then they should change it and let them work. And, and, let them and, unload and, that, the and, and that's what Eric Adams has been trying to do, but the Biden administration uh, has not has not given them uh, permission to, ch- to change the current law. Well, then, then he should stop 
complimenting Biden and go and say Biden is a piece of garbage and he should go against him. And he should say, what is this? You're telling me to make them work and you're not allowing them to work. So let them work because there's pl- you can go to, to Targets. There's one store after another. Help wanted signs. They don't need uh, people to stock the shelves. They need people to unload the tractor trailers. There is a desperate need for them. And that need for them is causing a shortage of truck drivers and tractor trailer drivers because they're not doing it because they're not making any money. As I said, they don't get paid by the hour. Well, I, got, they, I got you. I don't need you to repeat that again, Michael. I got it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I got it. I heard you the first time. We are going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to go to Alex in New Jersey. Dominic Carter here with you on this Sunday evening on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We will be right back. We're going to go to Brooklyn, Orange, New Jersey, Yonkers, Staten Island, and as I mentioned, Alex in New Jersey. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. So I'm looking at Twitter. You can reach me on the telephone, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Or you can reach me on Twitter at Dominic TV, at Dominic TV. So Stella Dragon 7 says, congrats on the new Sunday format and looking forward to you this week in Kilmead Slot. And again, I'll be filling in for Brian Kilt Me all this week from 10 a.m. until noon. So when I leave you at 1 a.m., I'll be right back, right back at 10 a.m. Sugarbee. Oh, this is very nice. Sugarbee says, hope you had a great weekend, Dominic. Wow, you're one of the best things ever to happen to WABC. Thank you for that lovely comment, Sugarbee, and thank you, Stella Dragon. So Alex in New Jersey, it says that, that I have it wrong on congestion pricing. Is that accurate? Uh, yes, it is, Mr. Carter, and good evening. Good evening, uh, good evening. Thank you. So I just want to say, so I lived in New York City for three years, and uh, since and after moving out, I've gone back many, many numerous times. And in all that time, I've driven into New York City twice. Uh, the point is that uh, the point of congestion pricing is to reduce car congestion in downtown Manhattan. Oops. That is why it is fining people for driving into the city. There are excellent public transportation options to get into New York. There are trains and there are buses. You fundamentally do not need to drive into New York. To do so is a luxury. And whenever you drive in the city of New York, you are adding um, car congestion to the streets. You're making it harder for everyone else to get around. You're adding smog to the air. You're uh, worsening air quality for everyone. 
And also, wherever there's a car on the street, that means there's not people. So the most lively places in the city of New York are wherever cars are not. And the city has finally recognized that, and they want to give more room to pedestrians. That's not why the city's doing this. The city's doing this, Alex, for the money. And so, okay, let's buy your argument for a second, right? Let's buy it for a second. So what do you think is going to happen at 60th Street when when cars are saying, oh, no, the cameras are here. I'm not going to be charged an extra $23, whatever it may be. I want to turn around. What do you think is going to happen there? Well, as I understand it, they're only going to charge the X. So obviously the bridge toll is going from 12 to $17, but the extra congestion charging is only go if they go south of 60th Street. Right, right, they're right, right, right. Alex, fo- follow what I just said. What's going to happen at 60th Street? They're going to go north instead of south. No, 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 no. What I'm trying to say to you is you you know it's inevitable that you're going to have people that's going to get there at 60th Street, and they're going to say, I'm not paying that, and they're going to try and turn around. What I'm trying to say to you is the congestion in Midtown is now going to move to 60th Street, and then what? And then uh, further north, I suppose. And but so, and so, and so, he, just he, so continue the congestion as long as we move it. No, because the point is that we should. The hopefully the goal of this is that when people realize how much they're going to have to pay to get into New York, that instead they consider their other options, which are which is public transportation. Which okay, is and, and, and and what if they don't do that, Alex? I heard you the first they, time, but but what happens if they decide to drive anyway? Then what? Then they will be paying more money, which. For this from this congestion pricing is legally obligated to go to capital improvements for the MTA. It's not even for operating costs. Alex, Alex you, you know how many times I've heard legally obligated to go to an agency? As a matter of fact, whatever happened to all the lotto money? Remember that? The money that was supposed to go to education where only a quarter to, to a third went to education? What happened to that one, Alex? I don't recall that scenario. Uh, well, I do. I do. Uh, I, I have the perspective of, uh, of, of history of remembering uh, Yolanda Vega, who did the commercials, right? And, and she, was, she had plenty of personality. I don't know where Miss Vega is now. But, um, you know, the money is supposed to go to education, and, and, and some of it did. But not, in other words, what I'm trying to say to you, Alex, I'm going to give you the final word, is that you're, you're you're pitching this to me as something that makes sense, but and from a political point of view, but nothing practically makes sense in New York, and it never goes down the way it's supposed to. And you're pushing public transportation. Well, good luck with that with the crime and the mentally ill and the homeless that's on the subways. What about that aspect, Alex? That yeah, you're right. You're right. Crime is an issue. I will say, compared to what some of your um audience has been calling in over the last uh, 30 minutes or so, I think the issue is highly, uh, it's highly overblown. Again, in the three years I've ridden the New York, well, actually three it, it's years. It's highly I've overblown. The subway. Would, would you, would have, you say never, that? Okay. It hasn't yeah, happened. It hasn't happened I've to never, you. I've it hasn't happened to you. And I pray that it doesn't happen to you. But what, what happens if it does? What happens if it happens to your sister or someone you know? God forbid. Right, and that is a, that is a problem, but that is not a reason to just surrender the city to cars. Okay, so what I want to do, Alex, I want you to hold on for one second. Stay with me live. Let's bring in Larry uh, on Staten Island, and let's have a, a live conversation between Larry, Alex, and myself. Let's see what Larry has to say on congestion pricing. Now, I have no idea what your comment is, Larry. Go right ahead. 
Hi, Dominic. How are you? Good evening. Uh, hi, Larry. Please go right ahead. Uh, I don't know what Mr. Alex is thinking in his head, uh, but uh, it's typical Democratic uh, uh, approach. They don't think out the problems that are ahead. Uh, they want to uh, cut the cars coming into the town, but they they want people to come into the city. People are leaving in droves from this town. Com- uh, companies, major corporations are leaving. Uh, you want them to ride the subway? The crime rate is going through the roof down there. Who's going to want to ride the subways? Okay, so hold on one second, Larry. Alex, you just heard what Larry had to say. Your reaction? Um. I would say that the crime rate on the subway has fallen since it spiked during the pandemic. And our response to crime on the subways is that is a political choice made by the mayor of New York and possibly the governor of New York. And we can make the subway safer if we choose to. But uh, I don't think that the uh, solution when you see crime on the subway is just to say, well, I guess we have to put everyone in cars. Okay, Larry. Larry? I don't know what he's uh, thinking. Yeah, I'm here, Dominic. Uh, I don't know what he's thinking. Uh, that's a political choice. The, the first, uh, the first uh, 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 choice of government is public safety. We want to protect people in the city, whether it's on the subway, on the streets, or wherever. That's our goal, uh, provide public safety. But this guy is coming up with choices. That is a really in orbit somewhere. Right. I, hey, Larry, thank you. Hey, Alex, I'm going to try it again with another call. Let's before I let you go. Let's go to Al in Yonkers. Let's see what uh, well, let's see what Al has to say. Alex, stay with me live. Al, what's your position on this? Uh, uh, we're looking at a situation where New Jersey and Staten Island are suing over congestion pricing, and I say bravo because. They, they are trying to hoodwink the public on this, and it should not happen. What do you say, Al? Oh, yeah, I was going to, you know, I, I just want to really touch on, I, I'm going to mention that, uh, no problem, but I just wanted to touch on the pot smoking also. Is that okay? Yeah, but right now you're on live with Alex on congestion pricing, so please tell us what your position is. Yeah, I think the governor of New Jersey and hopefully the borough president of Staten Island, uh, Vito Fisello, who's doing a great job, I think they're so right to bring a lawsuit because this is an outrage to the citizens of New Jersey and to the good people of Staten Island. So what they're trying to do is wrong. Uh, What the governor of New York State is trying to do, she wants somebody to pay the bill. And uh, I think uh, it's uh, totally un-American what they're doing. And I hope the governor of Jersey and the borough president of Staten Island prevail in their lawsuit. Okay, Al, hold on for a second. I'll let you get to the uh, marijuana. Alex, your final say, you just heard what a second caller has just had to say on congestion pricing. If you are a citizen of New Jersey or of upstate New York, you should not be driving into the city of New York. It makes no sense. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, What? (laughs) What? You should be taking public transportation. Alex, 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 you do realize... That many residents that you said shouldn't be driving in New York City, many of them pay an extra tax already to come into New York City. And you're saying they don't have a right to do so? Oh, I'm saying they have a right. And but I'm saying that why are I'm saying that they're making a bad decision. I'm saying that they should be taking the public transportation that their tax dollars are paying for, which is far cheaper 
and ultimately more effective. You don't have to pay for parking, and it's better for everyone in the city of New York because there's less smog in the air. There's that, less cars. That, that is unless you get stabbed. That is unless you get stabbed on the subway, right? If you get stabbed on the subway, then your whole. Thank you for the call, Alex. If you get stabbed on the subway, your entire point goes out the window. If you get pushed in front of a train, Alex, your entire point goes out the window, right? So, so you saved a few dollars in terms of you didn't pay the uh, the extra toll for congestion pricing, but you got pushed on the subway. Give me a break, Charles. Oh wait, before I go to Charles in New Rochelle, I promised uh, to let Al. He, I believe Al, you wanted to say something on uh, the marijuana issue. Is that correct? Yeah, quickly. I know you got a lot of callers. I just want to say it's great tomorrow. You're fill, filling in for Brian Kilbear. Uh, you me. know, you have a great program. Right. Thank you. Thank Sit you. in Friends, uh, that's a great program, too. I look forward to both of them. Well, but, fantastic. Uh, in regards to the pot smoking, you know, last summer when this came out, I was in a cafe up near Mount Sinai on the Upper East Side, and I was sitting reading my paper and drinking a cup of coffee, and four individuals next to me started smoking pot, a blunt. And I, I said to myself, where have we gone as a society? I said, traditional values. I said, if I tried to do something like this in the 1980s, I couldn't even fathom it. That's why in 2024, it, you know, traditional values, what we believe in on a country, as a country, law and order, the border, the drug trade, if we don't get somebody like Donald Trump elected president again, I truly feel, just like my siblings, that this country is finished. That's what's come down to uh, bad things are so bad today with the drugs and anything goes. You know what, Al, as as you're speaking, and thank you for the call, I'm thinking about one of the topics I'm going to deal with in just about 15 minutes. In Georgia, uh, a worker, she's been with the company for 13 years at Lowe's. Of course, she catches uh, three people uh, shoplifting. Uh, they they happen to be in this case three African Americans. Two are related. She happens to be white. Uh, one of them punches her in the face. She has a black eye. She reacted on instinct and grabbed the cart. Of course, that goes against company policy. Company policy says let them take it. Let them take it. But the point you just made about Trump, I I have to agree with you because if we've got to go through this for four more years. Where these low lives, low lives in different states and different cities, that they are emboldened, empowered to just walk into a store while everybody else is paying, and they think they have a right to just stack up as many items they can sell on the black market, as many items they can sell online, and just walk right out the store. So the worker. She's with the company for 13 years. She's out of a job, black eye, because she tried to stop these animals from stealing. Norman, Brooklyn. Good morning, Norman. What's on your mind? Dominic, oh, yeah. Just uh, to begin with, yeah, Alex uh, really irritated me. Um, just, just to hear uh, a guy living in the burbs, essentially, uh, talking about social engineering, and he's going to tell us city folk how we can live, okay? Uh, you know, oh, he takes the subway. Oh, uh, I don't know. He's come into the subway twice, right? Like, you know, in, in the city on the subway twice. It, it just irritates the hell out of me. Uh, Alex, I'm a city guy. I live here. I, I spend, I'm, I'm on the subway, you know, three times a day. 
you know, and it just it just it gets me very angry to hear them. You know, to, I mean, Alex, read George Orwell's 1984, you know, and, and maybe you'll you'll start to like, uh, you know, maybe there's some things in that book that will remind you of some of your, uh, you know, that uh, control freak way of speaking that you're speaking. So anyway, uh, OK, let's talk about the marijuana. So I was on the Upper West Side on Friday, and uh, I'm walk- I'm on uh, 95th Street, and uh, usually it's just the smell. Okay, who cares? You know the smell. All right, I'm I'm used to it. Smells like pot everywhere now, but uh, a large cloud of marijuana. Some guy was you know smoking a big hit, and uh, a large cloud, and I wasn't no, and I just took a breath in and I got a hit of marijuana. Okay. And, you know, and I actually tasted it, you know, like an actual, like, like, like I took a hit on a joint and, you know, I didn't ask for that. You know, I didn't, with all this legalization of marijuana, I did not ask to have to, you know, to be, you know, walking on the street and getting a hit, hit, you know, a hit of somebody else's joint. And I just, you know, I, I think it's good that they're I think it's good that they're talking at least about, you know, laws like we have with alcohol, like open container, and people shouldn't be just, you know, smoking pot on the street everywhere. So that's uh my thoughts on that. Well, Norman, I thank you for the call. Unfortunately that's the world we live in. The world we live in, people like you, me and and others that are trying our best to abide by the laws and so on. You know, what's up is down, what's down is up. The political leaders, they pander to the Black Lives Matter crowd, and and now people are emboldened to walk around, and if you dare even look at them the funny way, in a funny way, they will blow marijuana in your face. I'm sorry that that happened to you, Norman, and, you know, it is what it is. So let's go to George in Montreal. Good evening to you, George. What's on your mind? Hello, Dominic. Uh, I listen to you directly on the radio and also to other programs on your station. George, it's very hard to hear you. Are you talking directly into your phone? Uh, One second there. Okay, George, you should never call a a radio show. George, we're off to a bad start to begin with. You you never call a radio show on speakerphone. No, I had you on hold. I didn't know I'd get on that fast. Okay, well, the mo- yeah. okay, go ahead. Go ahead, George. Uh, yeah, the point is, if you remember a call, you might even know the caller. Uh, uh, somebody last week named Larry, and he was going on about uh, different names, and you told him something was a stereotype, and I didn't understand why it was. And I'm sorry, I'm a Canadian, mm-hmm. and I don't understand I have no racial prejudice against anybody, mm-hmm. be they black, Inuit, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand why you took offense when he said the word Leroy. He was talking from his past. Then eventually you held him over the news, and then you cut him off when he was making a valid point. I think he had a hard way of getting to it, but he was making a valid point about how things were. We shouldn't, you know, say that the past didn't exist, you know. And I, I find there's, like, too much concentration on black and white racism in the United States and in the North, I find it very strange. So if you could explain why you found it offensive and what's going on with these Karens, Leroy's, and Sharon's, I'd appreciate that. And by the way, up here we have pot, too, and I'm sick of it being around. They're not supposed to do it in public, but they do it anyhow, so we have the same problem you do. Okay, so so let me try, let me try and answer your question without going too much 
into um, what Larry said last week that was offensive. Uh, one, one, uh, when, whenever someone is called, whenever a white person is called Karen, it is offensive. And it is, it is, as far as I'm concerned, it is a racial comment, right? And it's a racial comment because it's being used in a derogatory way, right? Uh, to point to what that person that's using the term is, is, is using it to point to privilege and if you will, white privilege. And it's it's just not cool. So you mentioned Larry. Normally Larry Larry's can be a very good caller. Larry can be a very bad caller sometimes. Uh sometimes he makes comments that are very good, and sometimes uh they're not, but almost often they come around to black. Just like they did tonight, towards the tail end of his comment. Ninety eight percent of it, George he didn't deal with the issue of race, and then at the tail end, he brought in black. So what happened last week is uh, he was discussing something as it pertains to African American, and he was saying something to the to the degree of, well, it's not like I called him Leroy, and, and Leroy being a stereotype for 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 black, certainly in America, or it used to be that way. Then he used another term describing a stereotype of African-American hair. And at that point, I had to cut him off. So do you understand? uh, And and you see, I just took his call tonight. So just for that point, when when he made the second comment that was borderline racial, and his comment was, and I'm just going to use the word hair. I'm not going to say what he said. He said, well, I'm not talking about hair. I'm not saying exactly what he said, George. He said, I'm, I'm not doing that. So, I mean, you, you don't understand how that's questionable behavior? No, I, I didn't even actually think that the comment about hair referred to anything else. I, I, didn't, I didn't catch that. Maybe it was blacked out a little bit up here. Right, maybe. But, I mean, I'm maybe. glad that you explained it because I didn't understand because you, he sounded like we can't erase what happened when we were children or, you know, we should be able to say the way things were. And right. I just find okay, people okay. have to be so, so fussy with their words. But thank no, you very okay. much. No, no, thank you, George. It, it's almost, a, and, and a, a, you know, I, I would not be being professional. It's almost if I repeated a slur against any group. So it's almost like you describe a single group of people as lazy. We know the stereotype and what that means. And when you're talking about hair of a certain group and you use a specific term, it's used as a slur. And Larry's a very smart guy. He knows that. Now, maybe he felt that he wasn't crossing the line, but as far as I was concerned and as far as the FCC license of WABC, and it's not just me, by the way, if a call if a caller goes too far over the line even if i don't catch it the engineer will dump it immediately before it can hit air if it's something that's too questionable so i hope i was able to answer your question we are going to take a break we're going to come back but when we do more of your telephone calls we see all the calls and we have hour number 2 about to start so even if we don't get to you before midnight we have the second hour from midnight to 1 a.m. We will be right back. WABC.
Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back dealing with a number of topics. Migrants, some of them at least are upset that they may only be able to stay in the shelter system for 60 days. Boo hoo. One issue. A second one. New Jersey and Staten Island suing over congestion pricing. Bravo. Right thing to do. Also, a number of Republican elected officials in New York, they want to ban marijuana smoking in public places, public places. That is, again, bravo, because you shouldn't have to walk up the street, up and down the street, and all you smell is someone's bad weed, that God only knows what it is laced with. Ilona in Westchester, good evening. What's on your mind? That you, That's just one problem, okay? Apparently this guy... Is his name Alex? Probably uh, has someone take him to work and back again with his nose up in the air, and he doesn't know anything that's going on in New York City, and he doesn't know about the, you know, the the, the trank. He doesn't know about people just sitting getting high on the street, or, or he doesn't even really care about the people that should be alive that have gotten killed, and I frankly I, I find him pretty disgraceful. And insulting to the people that have lost loved ones, you know. And I think I think what he needs to do is go with Curtis one day. <laughs> and let Curtis take him around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Show him what it's really like. What do you think, Dominic? Well, the only thing I can tell you is that um, I, I wouldn't go to... Uh... To sixty percent of the places that Curtis goes to on a daily basis, I I wouldn't do it. I I don't have the stomach for it. I don't have the nerve for it. Curtis does. Uh, good luck with that. Ilona, you made some wonderful, wonderful points. Thank you, thank you for the call. Let's go from Westchester to Brooklyn. Good good evening, Susan. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Hey there. Listen, uh, this I'm so glad this is like coming up about. This uh, the the weed situation because it's it's just out of control and Mayor Adams of all the crazy, just irresponsible things that he's come up with. That when he first came on and he went on with Jimmy Kimmel, jiggling about weed and I have the weed, you know. But okay, there is a law that this is not to be uh, distributed. That uh, was it under 18 or 21? What's the age? That's 21. Is, is it illegal? Okay. Well, we have 13-year-old, 14-year-olds. These kids are out on the street, and it is so is known scientifically. No one can say that this is not tremendously detrimental to their development in so many ways, uh, even their intellect. Um and that he just, it doesn't have to be that they would be, um, you know, have a criminal record, but maybe they should have to go through some kind of, you know, education or uh, some kind of, um, about if they're smoking weed. Because but Susan, I, 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 I agree with you. If, if you want to hold on, Susan, we, we can continue your point. I've got to take a break. Our number two is coming up. We're going to switch gears. We've got some great topics coming up, including the latest on that situation in Alabama. I will be right back. 
And with us now, Dominic Carter. Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. Dominic, I want to say, when we started calling around in uh, New York City last week to find out who would have their finger on this story, you were the person who was most often mentioned, and that's why we asked you to be with us this morning. So what do you hear? What do you know? How is this thing going to come out? Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. Hour number two. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good Monday morning. Dominic Carter here with you. You can reach me on Twitter at Dominic TV, YouTube and Instagram, Dominic Carter TV. I'm looking at the comments. I may use some of them on the air. In a moment, I'm going to go right back to Susan. I'm going to let her finish her comment on marijuana and the things that we are tolerating these days. And we see we have a number of callers that are in the queue on hold. I'm going to get to them. And then we're going to take calls on our new topics. You may recall last week I told you about the Alabama 25-year-old woman, Carly Russell, uh, who apparently made up this elaborate story about a missing uh, a missing toddler and and then uh, that she noticed on the side of the highway and then a uh, a, a man uh, uh, took her and it was a woman with the man and they put her in an eighteen wheeler and they had her take according to her story story had her take uh, uh, sexual pictures, but they didn't rape her, and she was able to fight and get away. Well, her boyfriend, who scrubbed all references of her from his social media, now, after she's been fired since the last time we spoke, she's been fired from her spa job. Her boyfriend is asking people to stop bullying her amid the suspicious abduction claims. And another story that is simply mind-boggling to me, I'm trying to understand this one. So I'm pointing out the race just so that you have a perspective of the people that were involved. You have a white Lowe's employee, and of course you have employees at Lowe's and and Home Depot and of all different races. You you have a, a... I don't want to say elderly, but let's say middle-aged. You, you have a um, a Lowe's employee. She happens to be white. And you have three people that are shoplifting. They filled up the um, the shopping cart in Georgia, and they happen to be all African-American. And she says that she, as she's, she's, oh, so she is a senior citizen. She's 68 years old. And she says she acted on instinct and grabbed the cart. One of these animals punched her, and she has a black eye, and Lowe's fired her. Fired her. We're going to get to that, to all of that in just a second. But let's go right back to Susan in Brooklyn. Susan, I want you to continue with what you were stating. Well, yes, and I think, you know, I know that you're, like, of the same mindset um, I mean, this whole open use of marijuana um, is bad enough, but I just can't even dis- 
when I see this and hear about this and about the children, I mean, these are these aren't even these kids are adolescents, and they're just turning the other other cheek, the the, the law enforcement, um, because well, and I'm not saying that they should have a uh, any kind of a criminal record, but there should be some kind of a program. Um, because it is, there's just anyone that thinks that this is not going to be a permanent situation that will debilitate many of these kids. And um, some people don't think it's a gateway drug, but I think there's a lot of evidence that it is. So isn't this just like a child abuse? And can't mayor, can't we start like some kind of an action just to be like uh, telling the mayor? that this is wrong and that we want him to enforce the law, but Susan, especially when it comes to this. Susan, you, you're, you're talking logical. What's, what's, <laughs> what's, what's cool these days for elected officials across the country is to let these kids run amok, do anything they want, and then your mayor cool, your mayor hip-hop, because you, you handcuff the police but you let these young kids do anything and everything that they want to do. Susan, it's a wonderful comment you made, and, and I, I feel your pain. I really do, because you're, you're talking logical. But in this day and age, logic, thank you for the call, Susan, does not apply. Dave in Orange, New Jersey. Good morning, Dave. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Who does not love Yolanda Vega? Congestion, <laughs> congestion for... <laughs> Hey, hey, Dave, Dave, you got yes, a point yes. there, Dave. Let's be honest, you know? right? <laughs> yes, yeah. And and I'm not checking. I don't buy tickets. But congestion pricing, coming into the boroughs and working, is not necessarily a luxury. Time is not a luxury to one borough to another to avoid traffic. My point is. The woman that's 68, she still works. She she is a vocation avocation. She loves her work, she according does. to what she said. She does. And and Dominic, I know that you painted, and 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 uh, and also helped at home and what you did, and you understand what it is in order for the value of work and to have yes. work. Yes. And and there's the gentleman down there. I don't know in Georgia that was stealing. Did they have no work? I think that. But Dave, Dave, uh, Dave, you, at, the, you, at the end of the know. day, at the end of the day, who cares yeah. whether or not they had work or not? You uh, don't, I'm, trying you to, don't, I'm trying to say something positive. Right, right. What, you're, what, you're, you're trying. But Dave, but Dave, with, yeah. with, with some, with some, I don't even know what word to use here. With some people, you, you can't be positive. There are some people you have to stay on them all the time. And that's what law enforcement is so good at doing. But the politicians have said no law enforcement. George Floyd, no, no, back up, back up, back up. So Mm. law enforcement says, okay. And now these animals just walk into a store, fill up the cart, and leave. And I'm calling them animals because that's what they are. That that's exactly what they are. Hey Dave, I've got to move on. But now let let's see. You met you you followed up on my Yolanda Vega reference, right? I'm Yolanda Vega. There you go. Let's hear it, Dave. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> Yolanda Vega. I'm Yolanda you, Vega. 
<laughs> Thank you for that call, Dave. Yes, 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 Yolanda Vega. David in Los Angeles. Good morning, David. What's on your mind? I want to talk about the congestion pricing. And now, it's, this is not my opinion. It's based on an article. You know the Gothamist website? Yes. They did a very detailed article over a year ago. And now we know the Democrats believe that the, fun, the, the most existential threat we face is global warming. And, yes, the congestion pricing is to make things greener by forcing people out of their cars into public transportation. Your caller was right who said that. Everybody's going to start taking public transportation. They're going to take money from the congestion pricing and retrain taxi drivers to become bus drivers for the demand that's going to be happening and even take money to widen the sidewalks because there's going to be so many more pedestrians. I know, Dominic, it sounds crazy, but these people are crazy. They think that's what's going to happen. All it's going to do is ruin New York City fatally, I believe. You know what, David? I I appreciate the call, and and uh, I I hope that you're wrong, but but you but you may prove to be right. It's not going to be a good look for New York City. And if you own a restaurant and you've got to count on somebody to pay a tax for the first toll, then to pay a tax, pay a congestion pricing, then to pay to park, then to hope that you don't get robbed while you're getting out of your car to to walk to the restaurant. It's just not going to happen. David, thank you for the call as always. Before I break down the other stories we're going to deal with this hour, let me go to Charles in New Rochelle. Good morning, Charles. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Congratulations on the second hour. Thank you. Thank you. Your earlier caller, speaking of congestion pricing, uh, about a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. I had to go to Langone 44 straight days to take radiation. Oh, boy. I didn't. I did not have the strength at that point to take public transportation. The only way I could go in was to drive. That was 44 straight days. If congestion pricing had been in place, I'd have gone broke. And I was not in that hospital alone. Right. And that's a very good point. That That is that is a very, very good point. Charles, did everything work out for you? Uh, I'm down to zero. Okay. So that's good. So that's good. That's wonderful news. But, but, but Charles, you're enlightening us to another element, right? You had to go in for health reasons, cancer. Exactly, exactly. And one thing, one thing else I will add to that, uh, driving home on First Avenue, First Avenue, as you, are, as you are aware, is a very wide street. It's down to two lanes, maybe three lanes in some area because of the bike lanes, the turn lanes, and the double parking. It, it's horrible the way the streets have been carved up. It's horrible. It's horrible. Charles, thank you for that reference, and, and we're glad you're doing better health-wise. So, folks, I, I want you to listen to this. I told you the story, Carly Russell. It's a fascinating story. 25-year-old young lady, and apparently based on police, she just made this whole thing up. But her parents are standing by her. It appears her boyfriend appears her boyfriend is standing by her and when she's asking people to stop bullying her, bullying her online. And that's something that should not happen because clearly this young lady is in mental health crisis. And um, that, that should stop. That should stop. But I want you to listen. I'm going to let you hear first her family, and then I'm going to come back 
to the Alabama police chief. Now, Carly Russell is the young lady that says she was driving her red BMW, red Mercedes, red Mercedes, and on in Hoover, Alabama, she says she saw a toddler with only a diaper on, and and I think she said shoes. I don't even or a t shirt, a t shirt. And she called police and a lengthy nine one one call. Well, they never found the toddler. They never found anything except her story continued. And I'm going to let you hear in the police chief's words what they found on her cell phone. But first. This is the parents that you're about to hear of this young lady, Carly Russell. What did you do when you saw her? We tried to hug her as best we could, but I had to stand back because she was not in a good state. So we had to stand back and let medical professionals work with her. her. Um, But she's having to deal with the trauma of people just making completely false allegations about her. Carly has given detectives her statement um, so that they can continue to pursue her abductor. Do you believe that there's an abductor still out there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. You know what? When you're a parent, uh, you know, you, you, you want to believe your child and and the best way I can describe it is this. So you're you're a batter in a baseball game. And it's the bottom of the ninth. And you've got two strikes. And you're facing the best pitcher in baseball that throws 105 mile, 105 mile, mile an hour fastball. And everybody else in the stadium is about to leave. But there are two people, even though you have two strikes, that are still standing there holding out hope against hope. And that's your mother and that's your father. Even though they can be delusional at this point, but they're still holding out hope. That's what it has to be like for the parents of this young lady, Carly Russell. Well, Dominic, why are you being so harsh on this young lady? Well, I want you to listen now to what the Alabama police chief had to say what they found with the help of the Secret Service on her cell phone. Detectives continue analyzing data from Carly's cell phone that was left behind at the scene. We enlisted the help of the United States Secret Service in conducting this analysis. Part of what data includes several Internet searches and the days leading up to her disappearance that I think are very relevant to this case. On July 11th at 7.30 a.m., the term you have to pay for an amber alert or search. On July 13th at 1.03 a.m., the day of her disappearance, the term, how to take money from a register without being caught, was searched. On July 13th at 2.13 a.m., the day of her disappearance, the term Birmingham bus station was searched. On July 13th, 2.35 a.m., A search for a one-way bus ticket from Birmingham to Nashville was conducted with a departure date of July 13th. On July 13th at 12.10 p.m., a search for the movie Taken, a film about a production, was conducted. There were two searches related to Amber Alerts on a computer at Carly's place of employment 
including one regarding the maximum age of an Amber Alert. There were other searches on Carly's phone that appeared to shed some light on her mindset, but out of respect for her privacy, we will not be releasing the content of those searches at this time. Notice the key word, not releasing them at this time to protect her privacy. So in other words, if she continues along this path of lying, we're going to drop it. And they got no choice. We're going to take your calls now on the Carly Russell case in Alabama. And you can reach us at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And we're going to talk to you about this Carly Russell case because I, and this one, because I don't, I don't understand this one. The Lowe's worker says, I just lost it. She was fired after 13 years of employment. So what did she do? What, what was the horrible crime that she did? She tried to stop three thieves that were stealing $2,000 worth of merchandise. She's 68 years old. They were, there were three thieves, and they had loaded multiple items into shopping carts and exited the store without paying for the merchandise. So this happened on June 25th. She ends up with a black eye as one of the uh, one of the thieves punched the uh, 68-year-old woman in the uh, eye. And she admits that she grabbed the cart onto the cart. And that's when she was hit in the face three times. So this was one man, one excuse me, one young lady, the suspect's with her uncle and another man, and Lowe's fired her. And then we don't understand what's going on in terms of society. You have the marijuana. You have the let them steal whatever they want. I understand the company policy. They don't want anyone to get hurt. But if you're a woman that's worked at age 68, you're still working because you have pride. You may need the money, but you have pride. And you you, you understand the value of, of a day's pay for a day for a day's work, a day's pay, right? And these three animals are stealing. And she did instinctively what probably any of us would do. And you fire her, you fire the woman. So she says the, the woman that lost her job, they say that if you see somebody stealing something uh, out the door, not to pursue, not, not to go out, and she says that she lost it. She said she grabbed the cart. She doesn't actually remember going out, but she says she did, and she grabbed the cart, and the cart had the stolen items in it. She says that she became overwhelmed by instinct, as we all would, but never thought that her employer would let her go. Never thought that would happen. She said that she didn't expect to get terminated, but she thought that a reprimand was going to come or a suspension. She also says 
that she got tired of seeing things get out the door. I just, I lost it. I basically lost all the training, everything they tell you to do. I just, I just lost it. She's currently looking for a new job. She says, I can't sit at home. I'm not that type of person. So instead instead of giving her a medal or an award for endangering herself, and I understand it goes against company policy, they instead fired her after 13 years. It's unbelievable. Let's go to Frederick in Brooklyn. Good morning, Frederick. What's on your mind? Um, uh, good, uh, good, good, good evening. Um, I need to know um, concerning the shoplifting um, cases that are going on. Why don't, why don't, don't when they go into the store uh, to, and can be conducting the shoplifting, why does they not just call the police and close them inside the store? You know, the, those doors are, are controlled electronically. Make sure they don't get out until the police come and make an arrest. Frederick, it, it sounds good and dandy what you're stating, but you, you do understand, my friend, this is not Hollywood, right? Well, the way you mean it's not like a movie. Right. It's so, so you can't just say <laughs> close the door and we'll wait for the police to respond. The moment, yeah, the moment, close them in the moment, you, the, the moment you close that door, those suspects are going to panic and do anything to get out. They're going to panic, and that's the last thing you want to do is lock them in the store because they're going to do anything and everything to get out before the police come. And and well, the, se- the second problem, Frederick, with your solution is that. Police have a lot to do. We don't know how long it's going to take them to get on location. So why don't they just secure themselves in while that is going on, protect themselves from them, um, you know, getting to them to do any damage to them, and just um, let the police come and catch them in there with the store closed, waiting for the police to come to catch them before they get out. Okay, so so let's say, Frederick, it takes the police 20 minutes to get there. You're going to shut down your business for 20 minutes? Yeah, I don't... 20, minute, 20 minutes is, 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 is not like a, a, a multitude of time. Frederick, that, that's, not, that's not fair to the other customers. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't shut down your, your business for that long, and, and the workers have no way to secure themselves and and the security personnel will thank you for the call. The security personnel will be exposed. It's 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 just not going to uh it's not going to happen. I'm looking at uh some of my comments on Twitter on this issue. John Beckman says hopefully Home Depot will hire her. I'm tired of good people always getting the uh the shaft. And uh I I I agree with you. I agree with you, John. It is it is it is horrible. A 68-year-old woman who just couldn't take it anymore, watching people. She's working all day long on her feet, and you're just going to walk in there, three individuals, a girl and two guys, walk out. People get tired. It's not fair. It's not right. It's not the American way. It really isn't. 
We are taking your telephone calls at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go, we're going to, go to Patrice in Brooklyn. We will be right back. Talk Radio 77 Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. In a moment, we're going to Mark in Kentucky, Bernie in Brooklyn, on the Lowe's worker, the 68-year-old woman. But I mentioned Patrice in Brooklyn. We're also discussing that situation out of Alabama, the 25-year-old young lady, where it appears she made up this elaborate story, and it's all it's all crumbling right in front of her, right in front of her boyfriend, right in front of her parents. Patrice in Brooklyn, good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to um, I wanted to um, mention something and ask you a question. Um, this young that that young woman, uh, she um, she may have um, a problem, to say the least, you know, in terms of her her, her mental condition, but um, or it could be some data that the uh, the journalists in that other state do, do not have all the facts. However, you said something about her parents about delusional, um, and 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 be uh, bear with me, Dominic. What did you mean by the parents being somewhat delusional? Because Patrice, uh, uh-huh. one and one is not adding up here. The 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 Secret uh-huh. Service has has investigated this case, and I I don't know if they don't want to call her a liar because of race, because she happens to be mm-hmm. an African American woman. But mm-hmm. but parents are always going to stick by their child, even though the evidence can be overwhelmingly in the opposite direction, as it appears to be the the situation here. Uh, well, how does well? But in terms of the parents, is is there something going on that the parents should know about, or they don't want to face the facts of what may be going on with their daughter? No. Well, the parents, uh, in the interviews they have done, they are standing uh-huh. by her. And at this point, again, when you've got not just the local police but the Secret Service involved in this. And when you look at the uh, uh, the Google searches on her phone, it's uh-huh. clear that this is this is made up. Oh dear. Okay. Thank you, Dominic. Thank you. Thank you very much for your uh, for your call, Patrice. Let's see here. Let's go to Mike in Brooklyn. Good morning, Mike. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Yeah, the uh, young lady from the Lowe's, and I say young because she's got great taste. Okay. Um, I, if I was there, I would have went and helped her. Second of all, I just I am not going to shop at Lowe's until they rehire that lady. Well, I hear you, and I think it's the right thing to do in terms of your position, Mike. But I don't see any scenario where they're going to rehire her at all. Probably not. But until they do something, they should. They should. In all reality, I mean, you know, the lady did. Try to stop her. 
stop a thief. Right. And I'm sure the school, the, 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 the training and the whatever says you're not supposed to, but right. hey, and, things and, happen. No, and I, I understand why you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to because you could end up dead, and then the company has enormous civil liability should something go even further happening. But we're all human, and you can only take but so much. And there are some bad people in the world that they see this as ka-ching. It's time for me to get paid. I'm going to go into the supermarket and steal uh, $500 worth of meat. I'm going to go to uh, to Lowe's or Home Depot and steal thousands of dollars worth of product. And this 68-year-old woman, she just couldn't take it anymore. And and that was that. You but know, Dominic, you said there was like two grand worth of uh, merchandise, merchandise, right? Yes, yes. Well, with them kind of numbers going out the door, they're out of their mind for not hiring a security guard. Well, I'm sure they do have a security guard. I'm sure they do. But but again, the policy is to not to engage, not to engage. And in this day and age, I can understand why that's the policy, Mike. Thank you for the call. I can understand why you say do not engage, but people are human. And we've all had it with this element of society that, that has come from underneath the rock to 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 state that they, that, that that to to not state to to act out on we're going to take advantage of everybody else we're going to steal 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 these are people that should be in jail period period let's go to bernie in brooklyn good morning bernie what's on your mind bernie are you there yeah, I'm here. Okay, please go ahead, I just wanted Bernie. to tell you something. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm here. I, 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 I'm glad that she's 68 years old and still working. More power to her. But I think the reason why they did that is because she's too old to be working in a low store. And they want people younger to be working over there. That's my opinion. Right. I hear but you, Bernie, but, but, but these stores have a policy of do not engage. And once an employee engages, I'm not stating that it's right. But but you do have to put yourself in Lowe's shoes, Bernie. So you, you have a 68-year-old woman engaging. What happens if her neck is snapped engaging and, and she falls? Then what, Bernie? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the reason why they got rid of her. No, no, because but what I'm saying, no, okay, okay, okay so like Bernie, that. Bernie, let's say a 21-year-old employee. They fall and snap their neck. Then what? Same scenario. They're going to sue Lowe's. Right. And so that's why Lowe's has a policy of do not engage. That's why they have the policy. Thank you. Thank you very much for the uh, call. Mark in Kentucky. Good morning, Mark. What's on your mind? What's on your mind? Hey, buddy. Um, It's appalling that she got fired. It's it's, basically down to in a corporate set, set, I remember my stroke monitor attack. The corporate structure says that they have to do it, but they didn't have to do it. They didn't have to. She's probably in bed, doesn't have any milk, doesn't have anything. And nobody cares about her. That's sad. It is. It is. And, um, you know, the woman is looking for another job at age 68. 
Mark, I appreciate you, and thank you for the call. At age 68, she's looking for another job. Does she do anything against Lowe's, her employer? No. 13-year employee, all she did was stop three animals that were shoplifting. She grabbed the cart. They punched her in the face three times and left. She gets a black eye and an unemployment slip. Let's go to Audrey, our friend Audrey in Brooklyn. Good morning, Audrey. What's on your mind? Good morning. How are you? Uh, um, um, two comments here. Um, the, the woman that got fired at Lowe's, 13 years. First of all, I would not have done that. And if you got to follow the rules and the laws. Of, you know, whoever you work for, is there, you know, you got to follow the laws. And at her age, I wouldn't have grabbed nothing. It's not her stuff. You know, I, it's some people go too far out for a job. I mean, I understand 13 years, but... Your life is more important than working at Lowe's. And now she's out of a job, and I hope she finds one. But I wouldn't have touched nothing. Let them go. Because if they have security, they'll call them at, catch them at the door because you have to have a receipt, you know, to get out the store. But, you know, I can understand looking out for Lowe's, but Lowe's didn't look out for her. No, well, well Audrey, first of all, in, in every, in every uh, Lowe's, you don't have to have a receipt. You, in, so, for example, like in Walmart, uh, some stores you do have to have a receipt. Uh, some sometimes there's security there. Sometimes there's not. Oftentimes it's plain so plain clothes security. Remember this happened in Georgia. But Audrey, isn't it a sad commentary that that you just said? Just let them go, and that's that. It's no, not. It's not mine. Go. I'm assuming that there's um 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 security because I've been to those. Everyone I've been to has security. But either way, it's not worth. Three people against one. This woman doesn't look like she could hurt a fly. But she, but, not have but she says she acted on instinct. And Audrey, see, see what, 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 I'm, what I'm trying to say to you is that you said the lows you've been to, they have security, right? Okay. So, so, so what should that tell you? Because you're in an urban area, right? And my lows, there's no security. So what, to... what should that tell you? And I'm t- it has nothing to do with attacking. Shoplifters are going to be here forever. And, I, you know, to use, to get hurt, she, they really could have killed her. Audrey, I love you, but, but what, yeah. you're, what you're yeah. articulating is exactly what the problem is. Yeah. Well, I hope the problem is solved. But how was your weekend anyway? And, Carly, <laughs> I can hold that back. Okay. <laughs> they haven't determined if this is, if she had a problem or not, but, um, um, she didn't get. Uh, it's a lot to this story that that's still just sort of up in the air. But wait, 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 wait. wait, wait sounds wait, like a mental wait, issue wait, to wait. me. Oh, okay. What? Wait. What? What's to the story that's still up in the air? Where the hell is the child? Audrey. Well, I, Audrey. I, wait. 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 Audrey. You still believe that? I don't know. I can't. I can't judge right now. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, like, where's the baby? I didn't let the baby. I'd have followed the baby on the highway. I wouldn't have got out of the car. But anyway, I just hope that it sounds a mental issue to me. I just, you know, so so bad for whatever. But she was a nursing student. I guess she can kiss that goodbye too, huh? And and unfortunately, she should be forced to kiss that goodbye. But I don't know. I don't know. If well, she's mental, you wouldn't say that. If she has a, a serious mental issue that we don't know about, you know, because there's variations of it. So, wait, Audrey, it sounds like you're defending this young lady. Defending the, the medical part of it. You know, I don't know her personally. You know, it could be anyone. You know what I'm saying? Because snap, I don't know what. It just, it seems very strange. But then again, why, why, why would she go to that extreme? I, I don't know. Attention, problem, yeah. problems with her boyfriend. Uh, 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 another guy that she wants to be with. 
another guy that convinced her oh, you don't you don't you don't need you don't need to be with your boyfriend boo come be with me tonight like there's a million i can go on and on and on yeah. there, there's a million reasons a million reasons yeah. audrey thank you thank you so much for the call <laughs> Thank you. Let's go to Chris in Suffolk County. Good morning, Chris. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. How you doing, Dominic? Long-term listener. How you doing? I'm doing well. Go right ahead, please. Okay. I, I had an incident like that years ago. In the 90s, uh, I worked at a retail store, and I remember them back then saying, you do not follow a shoplifter out. You do not engage them outside. This has been going on for that's, that three decades ago. And I remember a guy coming up to the counter, and he had – it was an auto parts store, and he had a box of uh, ignition wires under his sweatshirt, and it was so obvious, and he was going to buy an air freshener. And I said to the girl at the counter, there's no way he's getting out of here with that. I go, I'm not going to go outside. So what I did was I embarrassed him. And he dropped them and left. But I didn't go outside and do anything. But you can't, you know, that's been going on for years. They tell people, because if you get hit by a car or get run over chasing them, that you sue the company. Right, correct, correct. That is that is exactly why they say do not engage. But but we're all right. human, Chris. You're, you're, you're 68 years old. You're getting up going to work every day. And you're looking at these three I, animals I, coming in here to steal. Yeah, it would it would tip me off too. I, like I said, I, I was tipped off, and even though they said do not do anything, I'm like, there's no way. Uh, there's no way he's getting out of here with that. In front. There's no way he's going to see me see that, and I'm letting him walk out of here. No way. So I understand. I understand completely. Except I was way younger, but uh, same similar situation. But I feel bad for her. She says the 68 uh, year old woman. She acted on instinct. Is that something you could relate to? Absolutely, yeah. Yep. You just you just say to yourself, "This isn't going to happen under my on my watch here. Right. It's not going to happen. No. It's not yep. going to happen on I, my I feel watch." Bad for... Yep. Well, Absolutely. Chris, thank you for the call. Let's go. Uh, let's take one more call before we take a break for the uh, Chronicles of Dominic Carter. Let's go from Suffolk to Deposit, New York. Let's say good morning to Warren. Warren, you're on Talk Radio seventy-seven WABC. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. One thing you got to remember with that lady, she's 68 years old. She grew up younger in the generation where if you disciplined, there was consequences for your actions. Now, you know, there's no consequences for your actions. So, you know, like I say, I, I, I'm fully behind this lady, but you got to remember her background when she was younger you wouldn't think about doing this stuff because, you know, there was consequences for your actions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I hear you, Warren. I, I, I support the woman. I I just wish that Lowe's didn't find the need to fire her, but you've got to have a consistent policy. I mean, something has to give. Because oh, you, you can't continue to have people you can't continue to have people to just continue to shoplift and do whatever they think that they want to do. You just can't continue it. We will con- well, believe, Go ahead, Warren. Go ahead. I, I, believe, I believe that it all comes down in our whole country right now is lack of trust. You know, no one trusts anybody anymore. See, know, I, like I, I don't, I don't think it's a lack of trust. I think you have people that, um, what's the right word I'm looking for? that they're always looking for a, a criminal element, an easy way out, an easy way out. That's how you end up with the shoplifting. Warren, thank you for the call. I've got to take a break. 
We are taking your calls as many as we can up until the top of the hour, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We are going to take a break. When we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter. WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. Yet another inmate has been found dead at Rikers Island, an inmate found dead in his cell Sunday morning, marking the seventh death this year at the embattled New York City lockup. 44-year-old Curtis Davis had been held held behind bars on $30,000 bond following his June 1st arrest in Brooklyn on assault and weapons possession charges, according to uh, public records, found unresponsive, and they were unable to revive him. He is, again, at least the seventh inmate death thus far this year. Mayor Adams last week resisted a threatened federal takeover of the city's jail system, claiming the Big Apple is making strides to reform Rikers' But Damian Williams, the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, disagrees, declaring and continuing to push for the feds to take Rikers over due to the lack of substantial progress, in his words, tied to, in his words again, hellish conditions plaguing inmates and staff. We are dealing with a number of uh, stories Heading up into the top of the hour, and Frank Marano, the other side of midnight, will take over. And again, I'll be back in just a few hours all this week at 10 a.m. And for Brian Kilmeade, and from 10 a.m. until noon. And then I'll be back, of course, each night at midnight. We are discussing right now the Lowe's employee, 68-year-old woman, fired and received a black eye because she stopped three uh, shoplifters. Also, the Carly Russell case in Alabama, it it seems to be going from bad to worse. Let's go to Charles in Bronxville. Good morning, Charles. What's on your mind? Hello, Dominic. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm very sorry about the lead uh, story there. Uh, We don't know how to stop uh, prison deaths. But, uh, yes, let's go back to Lowe's, if if I can. Um, I recently went into a store where my my coworker made a reservation um everything was there with our names on it uh and when I went in uh, the associates were like oh I don't know what you're talking about um talk to someone over there talk to someone over there um this uh rule of don't engage is killing customer service but that that doesn't apply to that's only for shoplifting. I I the, no, no, the, the no, customer no, service. I, wait, I know Charles. I don't have all night. It's taking a little too long to set up the story. Yeah, I understand your point, but but go right ahead. Go right ahead. They can't engage anything these days. No, Charles. Yeah, that that, that so doesn't have Charles. It's so that, hard for Charles. Them. That's separate from customer service. I agree with you. Customer service at most of these stores is awful. Lowe's, Home Depot. As a matter of fact, on Saturday, right, Charles, and I'm going to let you finish in a second. 
I went I went to Five Below. I think that's the name of the store. And then you went to buy some stuff for the pool because we let a lot of community residents come over and swim. And it's been very hot. And we needed some new toys for the pool, right? And so I go to pay for this stuff. And this guy says, sir, are you ready? I'm like, yes, where's the register? He goes, oh, no, Five Below doesn't use uh, registers anymore. And I went into another store recently, no, no registers. And so I hear you on the customer service, but you can't tie in customer service to dealing with shoplifters. That's all I'm saying to you. Go right ahead, Charles. It, it's, it's strange, though, because you're putting people in the way of harm that you're barely paying. But when you, you Charles, know, when you say you're putting, I don't understand what you no, mean no, by no, your. Not, not you. Um, no, the, the uh, stores company, are not putting them. No, it's the shoplifters. I get it. The shoplifters are just taking advantage of stores that don't keep their stores safe for their workers. Okay. All right. Well. Charles, I mean, everybody's in a very awkward position as it relates to this. And the only people that should be punished are the people that's doing the stealing. That's the bottom line. Charles, thank you for the call. Let's go to uh, let's go to Anthony in Linden, New Jersey. Good morning, Anthony. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Dominic. How are you? I'm well. Go ahead. Right, please. So right ahead please. This is how they took care of things in 84. My sensei was working for Caldors in, in um, 84, and a guy stole a VCR. He chased the guy outside. The guy was in his car. He kicked through the side window, knocked the guy out, took the VCR, called the cops. When the cops came, they woke the guy up, put cuffs on him, and he left. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't, you can't do that in 2020. That was in like 1985. Right. Oh, wait, so, no, now, who did this? Wait, wait, Anthony, 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 who did this? The employee? I, I'm not. I couldn't hear. He was security. He was a security. My son was a security guard at Caldors. At Caldors. Well. Anthony, I mean, if that really happened, Caldors could be sued in a big way if that's what your son did. 85 or 86. And they knocked out. The cops came. They put cops on the guy and took him. Yeah. Um, I I, I hear you. I don't don't, don't make up stories like that. Right, right. No, no, I I hear you. I hear you. But that that inmate, that that, that person that was arrested, could have turned around and sued Caldors for major, major money. If if indeed your son kicked out the window, I mean the police would make the arrest. But but I but I hear you, Anthony. I hear you. The, these are these are different times, folks. Very very different times. Let's go to Eddie in Babylon. Good morning, Eddie. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. I would give her a raise, and I would uh, move her into management. I years ago I uh, was at Home Depot. I had so many things in my hands. I put a screwdriver in my back pocket, paid for everything, got out to the car, and I realized I had the screwdriver in my back pocket. I uh-oh, uh-oh. So I go walking back in with the screwdriver in my hand. There's a man standing there, and he goes, what are you doing? You're going you, you gonna to return that? I said, no. I told him the story. I said, I want to pay for it. He looked at me. He goes, it's yours. I go, no, no. I didn't pay for it yet. He goes, I'm the store manager. That's my gift to you. I don't see people like you come in here. You know, we we come from old school, Dominic. Uh, you know, it's, it's just you 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 don't get any. There's no free lunch. You know. Yes. I mean, somewhere, sometimes, but you always have to give back with kindness and you know, just do the do the things that you know are we see in the world what we learn. You know, I want to get your book and read it. By the way. Oh well, thank really you, do. Eddie. That's that's very kind and very nice and of your you. Daughters also. Well, yes, thank you. you, thank you. That's very kind of you as well. Thank you, thank you, Eddie and Babylon. 
Let's see. Let's see here. Let's go back. Let's go. Uh, let's go to Russell in North Carolina. Good morning, Russell. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. Listen, man. Back in the uh, 83, 84, 85 years, I, uh, you know, when when the low cut suede Pumas came out, I was the guy. I was down in Norwich, Connecticut, my hometown. There was a shoe store down there, and each shoe fit perfectly up under each arm, and I was I was jacking them, and just like when the CDs came out, I was doing that thing too. But I always showed respect. I mean, it may sound crazy, but I showed respect for security. Like, I didn't throw it in their face. I was good about it, if that makes sense. I, I, mean, I, like I, I oh, Wait, 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 wait. So you use the term jacking. Uh, for those that may not know what that is, that means you were shoplifting, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I was, okay. I was ripping them off crazy. Okay, yeah. all right. So, so Russell, why were you doing that? Well, I mean, I lived in the projects, and, like, you know, I don't want to diss my parents, but they didn't really show me the way of work and everything like that. So I was like, well, here's a good way for, you know, a 14-year-old kid to make some quick money. And, and I did. And I almost got caught. I never got caught. I almost got okay, caught one Okay, time. so wait, 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 wait. You said make yeah. quick money. So what does that mean? Well, I go in, I, I you know, I don't, I mean, the Pumas were, were the big thing back then. No, no, I so get I it. But but when you say you, so in other words, I'm trying to get you to tell me whether or not you sold them or not. When you say you made quick money. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because people would always be like, hey, you know, look, here's what I want. And I'd go in and I'd get it for them. Size and all. Yeah, oh, yeah, the size, you know, whatever CD they wanted. Right, well, they, know, so today, 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 Russell, they call that boosting. That's that's what uh, that's the term on the street. But I'm just curious. Please tell me, Russell, that's not something you would do today. No, no, because actually in my late teens, I realized that even though I could get away with this, there is a there is a God and and I will pay for it one day. And I changed my ways. Yes. Well, Russell, I, I, uh, I, I thank you. I thank you for the call and, and for you being so honest. You know, we've all made mistakes and, you know, I, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. So I'm going to try and get to Mary in New Jersey, but first I want to bring in Frank Marano, the, the man who makes no mistakes. <laughs> I thought I made a mistake once. I was mistaken. How are you? I'm great. How was your weekend? Great. Uh, great weekend. How you are still wearing that suit and tie <laughs> at 1 o'clock in the morning when it's 100 degrees out. My it, goodness. It, you deserve it, a medal. It, it is It is warm out there. Yes. What are you doing? Wow. It's radio. Loosen that wow. tie. Wow. Wow. What do you have coming up? All right. Uh, very excited. In about a half hour, I'm uh, going to talk with former Minnesota governor, professional les- wrestling legend, and uh, former Navy SEAL Jesse the Body Ventura. We're going to talk a little bit about the Kennedy assassination, the presidential race, a whole bunch of other things. We're going to we're going to try to touch upon as many subjects as we can in as short a time as possible. Looking forward to that. And um, some one state has moved towards drug decriminalization, not just marijuana, but harder drugs as well. And I'll just let put it out there that the results are not what what I was expecting and the results are not what the proponents of this proposal were expecting. So we're going to get into that. We have some fun stories that people may have missed from the weekend as well. So 
So a great show is coming up. Let's go to Mary in New Jersey. Mary, you're talking to Frank and Dominic. Oh, hi, Dominic. You're wonderful. And so are you, Frank. Thank you. I don't know. Hi. I don't know what the situation uh, is with their security, but they should have security specially trained not to not not to stop the shoplifters, but to protect the employees and be there to step in between that employee and that situation. And if there were such security guards, then perhaps she would not have felt that it was on her. Right. uh, Well, apparently she just couldn't take it. But, Mary, we appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Folks, I'll be back at 10 a.m. this morning uh, in for Brian Kilmeade. I'll be in all this week, 10 to noon. You want to keep it right here. Frank Marano, the other side of Midnight, is coming up right now, right after news headlines. Talk Radio 77, WABC. 